What's up, everybody? You're listening to World's Your Oyster, the podcast where we're telling inspiring stories that resonate. And I'm your host, Paula Sanders. Whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur or just someone looking to level up in your life, I'm here to give you the tools, inspiration, and advice to help you reach your full potential. On this podcast, we'll explore topics like personal growth, relationships, and self-care, because living your best life means being the best to yourself. The world is your oyster, and together, we're going to crack it open. What's up, everybody? You're listening to World's Your Oyster. And today we have an emotionally charged episode with someone who I met a very long time ago. We lost touch, of course, and we just recently reconnected. And this woman is Bianca Jade. If you've lived in New York City for a while, you definitely know who she is because she's been influencing on social media long before influencers were even a thing. Bianca is a television personality and a content creator with over 300,000 followers. She's had a pretty epic journey filled with a lot of ups and downs, and she leaves nothing on the table in this interview. Since the tragedies in Israel on October 7th, Bianca has shifted her focus to become an advocate for her people. And we speak on this topic a bit, and we also are connecting about two weeks before she goes on a life-changing trip to Israel. So there's really something for everybody here, and I hope you all enjoy meeting Bianca. Before we get into this episode, let's talk about the pearl in my oyster this week. So if you're not following us on Instagram or subscribe to our newsletter, you might not know this, but I recently decided to start blogging, like old school essay style blogs. And growing up and through most of my days when I was going to the Fashion Institute of Technology here in New York City, all I ever really wanted was to work in magazines. I even entered at Italian Vogue for a while. I love writing. I love reading. I love fashion. I love beauty. And I love oversharing, which is why I started this podcast. But obviously, I never went into magazines. But I find it so interesting how passions really never die. And all these years later, I started my own little omni-channel media network right here with World Your Oyster. So the pearl of my oyster this week is recognizing that the young woman at FIT who had hundreds of fashion magazines under her bed that she treasured so much and had a really hard time getting rid of, by the way, that she's finding a way to live out her dreams that always lived inside of her. So I guess what I'm trying to say is it's important to revisit the things that you love when you were a kid or a young adult. I think that we always remain connected to these things. And what I'm finding is that this is the most lit up I've felt in a really long time. So I'm just really happy to be feeling the light and subscribe to the newsletter, guys. (laughs) I promise this pearl was not a plug. But seriously, if you do want to get involved with the blog, obviously you could find it on the website, which is www.worldsyouroisa.com. And you can also join our newsletter community right there once you get on the page. I really look forward to sharing more with you, not just here on the podcast, but over on the blog. Bianca Jade, welcome to World's Your Oyster. Thank you so much. What an honor. It Seriously, is, what an honor. No, it is my true honor to have you here. And I cannot believe that I met you 15 years ago, which is beyond insane. Not that I love that you're aging me, um, <laughs> but yes, that's crazy. And I do remember like doing a video together. At a, like a yeah. strip, it was like yeah. a strip, a strip, strip workout. Strip club work. Yeah, <laughs> it was, no, it was uh, 
pole dancing. Pole dancing. Pole dancing. Yes. So fun. And you rocked it. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't have been good without you. Well, it's so interesting because I'll never forget the way that I met you because at that time I was going to FIT and I was working at a clothing store. Do you remember what? what yeah, it was uh, Charles Nolan. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And you had left a business card there and I picked up this business card and it was pink and it was black and it was electric and it was all of these things. <laughs> and it had your Facebook on it because Instagram was not out, had your Facebook, it had your email address and it had your website. So I went on and I'm like, Whoa, what is this woman doing on the internet? Because you had all of these followers on Facebook and this was long before influencing was a thing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I must reach out to this woman. And yeah. the rest was history. So somehow you knew how to use the internet before the rest of us did. So yeah, what do you think? I mean, that was what, that was what that phase of, you know, social media ing was, you know, if you were creating a business online and trying to influence online. We weren't called influencers yet. We were called bloggers. So it was like using Facebook. Um, It was like the post MySpace days of using Facebook and then creating your own platform to reach out to people that had similar interests. Yeah. So yeah, it's crazy how much things have, you know, really expanded out of that with like, you know, Instagram and TikTok and X and everything that's, you know, evolved out of blogging. Yeah. Really. (laughs) So you start with misfit.com, right? So this is your blog and you were also doing a digital show at the time. Yeah. So misfit.com, which quite frankly, I haven't posted on in like, I don't know how long I had a wedding recently. So I took a little hiatus from that planning to go back and do a whole rebrand, which is part of the process. I should say, like, if you're putting yourself online, like you constantly have to like reinvent yourself every, at least every two to three years. So I'm about to jump into that. But um, yeah, I had a YouTube show that was dedicated. It was called Fashionably Fit with Misfit. And this YouTube show was all about like showcasing different trending workouts that were happening in New York City. And that was at the time where group fitness and boutique fitness was booming. That was the peak of boutique fitness. So you were that girl. Yeah. And it was so much fun to like I mean, cause all these studios would, you know, they wanted me to come in and like show their workout and do a video. And it was like free advertising and promotion essentially. And then it was helping me, you know, put my blog out there. So it was mutually beneficial to all parties involved. And it was so much fun. Things have definitely changed mm-hmm. since then, you know, like now influencers get paid to come in and do all these productions and, um, and these studios and brands are like a lot more selective about who they work with. So back then it was like, when you're one of the few in the game, you know, doing this, like everybody's like, yeah, come here, you know? And now there's like, I don't, I don't even know if there's a number that I could put my finger on for how many fitness influencers there are out there. Millions, millions, millions. Mm -hmm. And back then when you were first starting, was it difficult for you to cross over from doing your blog, which was probably a bit more formal because I remember when we did the thing together, you had like a production team and a crew to then move just to Instagram and, and shoot with your phone. You know, things have definitely changed and evolved, you know, before it was like, people coming in with like big camera equipment and everything like that. But the nice thing is I would say with technology, like you have higher quality, you know, cameras and everything that are smaller. So like, you don't like need a full team to do what we were doing before. You know, we don't need to like massive setup. I mean, your camera is like a high quality functioning phone with a great lens. So essentially you could shoot really good stuff just on your phone. Although I feel like sometimes all the phone stuff starts to look 
the same. So I like to mix it up. Well, especially now that everyone's shooting in that like 4K 80 or whatever, and it, everything looks very fast. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. Every, everyone's shooting just looks so fast. It's kind of like, it's distracting me at this point. Right. Right. Well, you know, I think people are just trying to get content up. And I think that became really important was just getting content up fast because Mm. when you're shooting on things outside of your phone, like you have to, you know, import them into your computer, do all this editing. And like, when you have the editing apps on your phone and everything's already on your phone, it's faster. You can get it up, you know, within hours. But before it took us like a week Week. to get a video up. And it was like, I remember, you know, having to like be on top of my editors, like, when is this going to be ready? Everything. So a lot of that was like out of your hands. And now it's essentially in your hands and it's so accessible and easy to put content out there. Do you feel like you have more creative control now? Yeah. But I, you know, like now that I can do everything myself, I do miss you know, that bouncing around of ideas uh, within a team. I like doing that because I've always worked with a team. But, you know, being a content creator and, you know, a video producer, because I I like to say video producer because content has become primarily video these days. So, and not everyone can be a producer of things. So that's like another, you know, skill set I like to add to, you know, my repertoire of things I do. I love that, like, you can do it all yourself, but like, I don't know, like, I love the collaborative feeling of like working with a ton of people. I I came from that industry of advertising, of like working with a big team. So, yeah, I like going, you know, doing the team thing when I'm working on bigger productions, but I also like doing things myself. Although, you know what? It's never, sorry, I blab a lot, you guys. It's (laughs) never like, when you say having like creative control over things, Honestly, the control comes from you guys, from the viewers, like, because you were the ones that give us the feedback. Like, do you like this? Is this getting your attention? Like, are you liking my content? Because it's hard to get likes these days. <laughs> the views you can get, but the likes, you know, are hard to achieve. So I think that creative control really comes from the viewers, from you yes. guys. Well, let's talk about that because you obviously have built so much of your brand in the public eye, which is really difficult to do. So mm-hmm. how have you kind of, done that and remain true to yourself, but at the same time, really thought about the community that you were building and have built today because you have, you know, 300,000 followers. Was it hard to stay true to your original vision and not get kind of sidetracked by what you were getting the likes from, from your community? Or did it go hand in hand? I think I'm always going to do what I feel best expresses who I am. And even right now I'm going through a phase of my personal life and my, you know, public image life where not everybody loves what I'm putting out there. And it's hard, but you know, you get to a point in your career and also in your life, like with your age, mm-hmm. where you stop giving, can I curse on here? Of course. Okay. Stop giving a fuck yeah. about what other people think. And I find once you stop giving like all fucks about what people think, that's when you're in your space to succeed. Because I don't know if you follow Michael Rappaport, but he's like one of my favorite like actors right now. He's having a moment Mm -hmm. and he is very outspoken. And he's like, he is just like being himself. And a lot of people don't like what he has to say, but a whole lot of people do. So you can never like appeal to the masses. You've got to find your people. But once you find your people, that's a lot of followers. That's a lot of people. So I think you just have to do what makes you happy. And we were talking about this before (laughs) we started filming. Yeah. Like doing what makes you happy because then you find your spot and then you get on a a roll and then you're in a zone and people 
people just, if you build it, you, you know, people will come. Yeah. So. No, for sure. And, you know, you've done such an incredible job with that. Thank and you. you have been on social media for a few decades Yeah, I'm now. like a grandma on social media. <laughs> but I kind of like that. You can just call me the, the great grandmother. No, you're the, you're an, social. you're an OG. You're an OG. Uh-huh. And like I said in the beginning, you were so, so smart to know to use that. And how are you now that you've been on these apps for such a long time and now, you know, there is millions of influencers doing Mm -hmm. this. How do you keep yourself inspired to keep creating and how do you kind of move with the changing tides? I'm definitely inspired by like emulation. For example, when I see someone doing something really cool where I'm like, oh, fuck, I wish I had thought of that. Like I take that like nugget of creativity and then I like put my spin on it because that's really like the basis of, you know, finance, everything that's like happening in the world. Like you see something and you're inspired by it. I was just at the Salvador Dali Museum in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida, because I work at Home Shopping Network, which is in St. Petersburg. And I had a couple hours to kill. And I went over there because I'd been wanting to go to this museum. And Salvador Dali is like, he is just one of the most such an interesting, yeah. yeah, really like psychedelic stuff. And what I learned was like, he was so influenced by impressionism and all these other forms of art that were not what he's, you know, really known for, but he experimented with all these different, like, you know, types of painting. And that's what led him to like create his own signature art really and his own signature look. And they put up like paintings of like, you know, Monet, Degas, and then put like his, like, you know, his playing and like taking inspiration from that. And like, he copied like a lot of people to then find his own thing. So for me, like, I think social media is a lot about like trends, you know, playing off of trends. And I like getting on that boat. At the beginning, I was like, what is this TikTok thing? And I can't do these stupid, like, you know, Gen Z trends. But then when you just allow yourself to like play in that territory, you realize, okay, I can do a trend. I can grab eyeballs and then bring people to the content that really is my signature and matters most to me. Do you ever find yourself, as I find myself struggling sometimes, I'm like, oh my God, I am a 36 year old woman. What am I doing out here? Like dancing on TikTok or like trying to hop on this trend or, you know, like do you ever, I, I, cause sometimes I get in my own way. So I want you to tell me, no, Paula, I don't give a flying fuck, but like, no, do I, you? Well, number one, I <laughs> love, love, love your content. I love all your beauty. I love your dancing. I love your outfits. And I Thank love how you. you present because I think it's like, very sophisticated, but fun. And like, and you know, as we're talking about, like you have a a signature with the way you do it and you have a look and no one else has that sauce. Mm. So you bring that Paula sauce to your, to your content. So even if you're like dancing or like showing like a fit check, just how everyone else on the World Wide Web is doing. I like calling it that. I call it the internet. Yeah, the internet. My husband and I are like, so will you be on the World Wide Web later today? I'll meet you on there. Um, Yeah, I mean, everyone's always doing the same thing. It's just Mm. like how you do it, how you put your spin on it. You know, for me, like I, I was finding humor in something because I've been crying a lot on social media. And uh, I was like, I'm a crier. That's what I do. I'm really good at crying online. You look really pretty when you cry, though. I wanted to tell you that. Yes. I I always fear that I have that Kim K. No, 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 no. You look pretty. You look good. You're so sweet. I'm so glad I look good (laughs) crying on Instagram. But, you know, I have to make peace with the fact that I'm a crier. Like, when I'm uncomfortable and sad or, like, in a state of misery, I'm just like, okay, let's film this, you know, and I'm comfortable with that. But it's so brave. I don't know if it's brave. Like people are always like, oh, you're so brave. You're putting yourself like, I'm like 
No, like this isn't about bravery. This is about me like caring about a topic so much that I want people to know how much it pains me to think about it. Mm. Or I want people to be moved by it. But I I wouldn't say people call me brave all the time. I am not brave at all. Mm. And that's one thing I want people to know because I think, you know, we have just become conditioned to like putting ourselves out there. And I think that's part of like modern life now is like exposing yourself. Mm. And I think anyone can do it. Even the shyest person on earth can expose themselves. And it's just part of, um, it's just part of our culture now. Yeah. What was the moment when you were like, okay, you know what? I'm making an impact on people. So I'm going to continue sharing in this way. Was there a particular moment Yeah. I think when it came to like fitness stuff, like I knew people were jiving with it because they would ask me more questions like, Oh, like, where should I work out when I go here? Whatever. I hopped on the fitness, you know, movement, the fitness and fashion movement, like right at the beginning. So I knew that was hot, but it also started to move away from it when, when everyone and their mother was like doing it. And I started, you know, kind of like evolving myself into like beauty, into like more like mature wellness um, that reflected more of my age group because your followers like happen at a moment and then they like continue to kind of like, you know, grow with you, grow with you. And you have to respect that. So if you're only creating content for like a certain demographic, you're losing the people that started with you and, you know, are aging with you. So I'm constantly like thinking about those people that are like going through the things in life that I'm going through, you know, whether it's like trying to have a baby, planning a family vacation or like buying a home, like all these things. Yeah. I mean, like you've vlogged everything. You've vlogged your whole, uh, whole life. wedding. Your, yeah. I saw. <laughs> yeah. I had, since I couldn't do the social media myself for the wedding, cause I was busy getting married. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hired someone to be there live do you know, sharing like live. And it was, it was fun. And, um, like 24 hours after the wedding, I got to like see the stories and I was like crying. Cause I'm like, wow, she did it so good. Yeah. Well, look at this amazing capsule of all of these moments of your right, life that you're going right. to have. Like, it's honestly one of the bigger blessings. Like sometimes it might feel like, why am I doing so much? But think about this when you're 60 yeah. and you're going to be able to look back and be like, wow. If Instagram lets us access our content. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's something I worry about. I'm sure you'll have it on your phone now. Some no, of it. I don't, I don't like, I'm going to have it on my computer, but let's, yeah. you know, we'll see what happens with that. <laughs> Your career has really spanned multiple different industries and you started in advertising, mm-hmm. as you said, and you are a television host. And, you know, I think content creation is just a small piece of what you do, Yeah. but you, you know, now are considered to be an expert in style and wellness and fitness. And When did you finally have the courage to really consider yourself to be an expert in these fields? And how did that then change your career? You're so nice. Like, I don't know. Like, it's funny because I don't, was someone talking about imposter syndrome on your podcast? Everyone. Or maybe, okay. (laughs) Because I think we all- Me, I did a whole episode on it. Because I watched something and I was like, I can't remember like which guest or whatever. Um, Yeah, we all have it. And it's funny, like I've been around for a while. So I've done a lot. And sometimes like, when I'm going up for something, like I just was hosting fashion content on HSN and usually I'm there for beauty. Before I went on air, I was like, can I do fashion? Oh my God. I don't know if I, I like, I don't know if I can do this. And I've been doing fashion for so long. I'm like, why am I nervous to do fashion? Well, but cause it was, it's HSN also. Yeah. It's I mean, just, it's not just like a tiny audience. Like, yeah, it's millions of people, <laughs> but also it's not like I'm like showcasing Prada on, on HSN. It's like, 
it's more like, you know, more accessible brands, which shouldn't stress me out. But I think we get stressed out just because we're constantly trying to prove ourselves. And, you know, I love being considered an expert. I think that I'm not someone with a huge ego and I'm constantly working on like building up my ego because I think it's important in the industry that I'm in. But I am like someone who is actually very like, I always think I'm like not good enough. And I do like that about my personality because I'm from Missouri. I'm from like a really like humble place, you know, in the country, you know, where everyone smiles and waves at you on the street. Like it's just a place of like warmth and Midwesterners are like not conceited people. So for me, like I always want to hang on to that. And I think, okay, like if other people want to call me an expert, yeah, but I feel like I'm constantly learning. Like I always feel like I'm still a student. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the best. Thank you for calling me an expert. <laughs> well, I mean, I you, well, you, I know you are. Right I mean, well, when you're on HSN, you're on as an expert, you know, like that's, yes, that's what yes, you are considered. Yes. I mean, if HSN considers you an expert, I would say <laughs> I could definitely consider you an expert then. <laughs> I mean, you are whatever you think you are. That's really like the beauty of what I've learned in terms of like the world of manifestation and like self-creation. Like you are what you tell yourself you are and like journaling and scripting and like, you know, you're supposed to not like talk about your dream, what you want to be, but like you're supposed to like journal and script like as if you already have it Mm -hmm. because you are what you want to be. So, you know, I always wanted to be in front of the camera and on air because I used to work behind the camera. So, um, yeah, I think I manifested that. And, you know, I hope to be like a million other things in the next 10 years too. I love that. And now speaking of manifestation, Mm -hmm. how do you manifest? Um, Give us the tips, girl, because obviously you're manifesting big things. Yeah. yeah. We want these big things. Let's go. (laughs) I think, you know, I'm a planner and I think manifesting is a lot about planning things out in advance. Um, I was new. I wanted to buy a home in New York City. And I did that a little over two years ago. And uh, these are things that, you know, you have to kind of like put down in writing as you were discussing before things got rolling here. (laughs) Put it down in writing. See it like see yourself doing it. Um, And that's just like a daily practice. I mean, I've always been goal oriented and like just, there's so many things that I hoped to accomplish, you know, by my age. And these are things that you have to constantly be working on or taking little steps toward. So like an example would be, instead of talking around this, I'll start giving (laughs) examples. I am trying to have a baby. And that's a hard thing to do at 44 years old. Um, A lot of doctors will tell you it's virtually impossible, which can be really disheartening. But a big part of this is like, I have a list on my phone in the notes section of baby names. And even though that sounds like not a big deal, like that's part of the manifestation. And the visualization. Of the visualization. So, I mean, I was pregnant. I miscarried a couple of weeks ago, which was very difficult for me, Mm -hmm. but I kept putting names on the list because I'm like, even though I miscarried, this is going to happen again. So let's keep thinking about names. Let's keep talking to birthing doctors. Let's keep making appointments. You know, a lot of people would stop doing that until they're pregnant again. But I'm like, no, this is happening. So I'm going to keep working towards the bigger goal. How do you think that you got programmed like that? I don't know. I'm really not sure. I think my father is definitely like a big influence in my life. He is really successful in the world of finance. And he was always telling me like, whenever like I've finished something, like when I finished college or when I finished 
some kind of educational program I was into, he'd be like, so what's next? What's next? What are you going to do here? What do you, how are you going to apply this? And I remember I would get really stressed out by that, but it was like, it kind of like cemented itself into my brain. And I started asking myself the same questions that he would grill me with. And I think that's where my goal setting comes from. But I also am someone like, not to say it's important to like keep up with the Joneses, but I like went to like this uppity prep school when I was younger and everybody was super rich and wealthy. They came from, like, I could name names. Like you guys would know who I went to high school with and stuff. And (laughs) I didn't um, know that about you, by the way. Yeah. And I was probably like the poorest kid in this high school. Like everyone was super wealthy and, and my parents weren't doing bad, but like these people were very wealthy and I just wanted to fit in. Like I just wanted to keep up with them. And so a lot of my personality is about like, kind of keeping up with people that are doing really well in life. And that inspires me. And I don't think it's like a bad thing. A lot of people will critique that. But when you see people doing really amazing things in your life, like when I see another host on Instagram sharing, like I was just on the Today Show, I'm fucking jealous. I'm like, okay, girlfriend needs to get herself on the Today Show tomorrow. Like I'm inspired by my desire to do things that other people are doing and killing Killing, you know, their their goals. Like, not, I don't mean killing, like, murdering, but, no. like, <laughs> like, actually, like, killing, killing it in life, you know? And I'm just, like, I want some of that. So, for me, that is, like, motivating. Other people would take their jealousy and kind of, like, mope about it. But for me, I see someone doing something awesome that I want to do, and I'm, like, how can I do that, too? I'm the exact same way. It's, mm-hmm. like, I see people when they are doing the things that I want to be doing instead of of course, you know, it's natural to be jealous, but instead I take exactly what it is that I saw them doing. And I put that on my vision board yeah. for the next year. And it's not a bad thing to be jealous. Like, no, I jealousy think, is completely human yeah. and natural. And I wish there healthy was a better even. word. Yeah. I wish there was a better word for it because I feel like jealousy has like such a negative connotation. Aspirational maybe. Like you're feeling yeah, like a, like yeah. a certain aspiration. Like an itch. Like it yeah. gives you like seeing other people do things you want to do gives you like this, like healthy itch of like, why am I sitting on this couch? Like I need to get my ass up off this couch and get to the gym or get to the, I don't know, maybe it's like, go get that Botox. You saw someone getting Botox on Instagram and you're like, I need to do something like an itch to like better yourself. And I feel like there needs to be like a word for that because I'm constantly telling people it's okay to be jealous, but I hate the word jealousy. Like, cause I feel like use it as fuel. Yeah. Fuel. Yeah. Yeah. What do you feel that you haven't checked off of your list yet in terms of the hosting? Well, I really want to be on like a daytime talk show or doing news. News was always like the main goal in terms of hosting because I am a newsie. I love the news. But, you know, early on, people were telling me like, you're soft news, Bianca. And people still tell me that because of my look, because, you know, I bring a lot of beauty and fashion to the table and that's soft news. Like trends and like lifestyle is super soft. So I was kind of like put into that category, but I would actually love to cover hard news because I love it. And because I think that I have an emotional connection to hard news. So that is really something that I'm hoping to talk to my hosting coach about and see like how I can make that transition at some point in my life. Well, you're moving into a little bit of hard news. Are you able to share that you are going to Israel, right? In a few weeks. Yes. So I'm super honored that um, I've been invited to go on a trip to report on 
the atrocities of October 7th and the state and condition of the survivors, like what's happening, what is the sentiment in Israel, how are the families who lost family members and loved ones, how are they coping? And I'll be interviewing people, showing the homes that were burned down and destroyed, and also showing a lot of the memorials that have been put up to uh, remind people. Because Jews are um, are people that have been persecuted. Not that other people haven't. I like to say that. But Jews have been persecuted throughout their existence. And this is a moment of, you know, never again. So I'm going to report on it. And yes, it, I would call it harder news than the type I usually do. <laughs> where is it Where is it going to be broadcasted? On my social media channels. I'm going with some very high profile people. Um, I can't wait to share that. I'm really not supposed to like say too many details about it quite yet because actually like you can't just fly to Israel right now because sure. there's a war going on um, at the border of, you know, Israel and Gaza. And so everything's like kind of like hush hush just because of like protection and safety. Yeah. Well, I know that you say that you're not brave all the time, but I Um. think that, you know, you've chosen to be so vocal for your people during this time when so many people of influence like yourself have chosen to just be quiet and it's, it's commendable for sure. And I think that you. you, you know, not caring about if you lose followers or whatever, when so many people I've definitely lost a lot of followers and, and yeah. that's, and that's fine. Right. They, then they were never yours anyway. But you know, I, I had seen that you were posting some things that you were receiving and do yes. receive on a normal basis. Like, but you know, I, I have seen that you have shared that you receive a ton of anti-Semitic messages and yeah. things in your inbox. So how do you handle that? Because for me, I mean, it would, it will break my heart every single day. It does break my heart. And that's why I do it. Because when you grow up Jewish, you learn about the Holocaust and you learn about it, but you never, ever think that you're going to witness another Holocaust happening again. And because, you know, of the, the number of the population of people in Israel, the amount of people that were murdered, like that's the equivalent of like 9-11 happening in the United States, you know, actually bigger than 9-11 happening And so we consider it a second Holocaust. So for me to actually like live through seeing those type of atrocities and war crimes and just the level and the like inhumanity of it all, like my heart was so broken from it. And I just felt like it's not that I, I feel like pressure to share. It's like, I feel it's like my duty. Like I actually feel like a calling to do this. And so, so, you know, going to Israel, like I haven't even had a chance to worry about, you know, maybe like, oh, is it safe or not? Because I'm just like, my religion is calling me and I'm just going. And and I did kind of manifest a trip in a way because, you know, I kept saying like, I feel like I belong in Israel. Like I kept saying, you know, I feel like I'm helpless here in New York. Like I can't do anything. I can talk about it, but I'm not like there doing anything, helping people or and I just, I, I saw like a lot of other influencers that were already in Israel or oh, wow. able to like, they were at the protests and the rallies. And then I saw, you know, something posted about like Israel was looking for influencers that were ready to go and ready to share. And I was like, hello, I'm here. <laughs> like, I just was like, I contacted, you know, the organization I gave them my bio and they were like, oh my, it was just everything started happening yeah. so quickly. So 
Well, that's incredible. And I'm wishing you all Thank the best you. while you're Thank there. You. And I am sure it's as exciting as it is. I'm sure there's also a little bit of fear that is attached to it. But if your soul feels called, I think that, yeah. you know, I hope that you get out of it, whatever it is that you were, you know, you're looking what for. What I'm looking to get out of it is just to share with the world what happened and imagery that like maybe the people that come to my page, like maybe they're, you know, their feed isn't sending them, you know, all this info that I get, you right. know, they can see a little bit of, you know, what unfortunately a lot of, you know, uh, Jewish victims had to experience. And my goal is, is literally to inform and educate. I actually never say anything bad about anyone except for Hamas because Hamas is a terrorist group, but I never speak to like <laughs> anything else. Cause for me, it's really just about my people and my love for my religion, which I think no matter what religion, ethnicity, or background you are, you can relate to, you know? Do you feel that when you are sharing these things and you're having the positive conversations Mm -hmm. that you get to have with people about this topic, do you feel that it's helping you with the healing that you're looking for, or, you know, to make you not go to bed crying that night because of something terrible that you've just read? Well, as I said, I'm a crier. So I'm always <laughs> crying. Um, I literally cry when I watch happy movies. Um, I think I was like watching one about the football player, the blind. Oh, the blind side. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies. I like cry. Oh like, my God. Yes. I know it's a happy ending. And I know, but like, it's a tear fest. I know, it's a complete it's tear like, fest. So I can't watch a lot of movies like this anymore <laughs> because it's like terrible for me. Like I'm literally crying for weeks afterwards. Well, give yourself a little yeah. grace. You've had like a, a pretty tough couple of weeks. So like, let just let it out. It's the hormones, girl. Just, cry more. just, just watch all the movies and let it all out. But healing <laughs> comes from, I think, sharing. I mean, yeah. if you're an open person like that, for example, my mother is very private. And she's like, how can you cry online all the time? People get sick of it. Like my mom has a thick accent. <laughs> and I'm like, mom, like people know I'm going to cry. Like people know, people want this. Like people want me to be open. And she's like, really? Like she doesn't understand that like, for me, like it's like super cathartic to share like things that are hard for me. And actually like the people that come to my page, like they're going through that shit too. And they want to relate and they want to know like, wow, she has problems too, or she's suffering with this whole Israel, you know, Palestinian conflict too, just as much as we are. And, you know, when you find your people and you're like going through something together, like that's healing. Like I've found so much healing with my pain from miscarriage, suffering over what's happened in Israel, like through connecting with other people online. Yeah. And that's community and that's community. And we, and you know, sometimes you can have a strong community with people you've never met, like in person, like that are just literally DMs or, or, you know, like WhatsApp messages. You can have such a strong community and bond. And it doesn't matter if like, you don't have this like tactile relationship with them. You know, you don't have to go to coffee with someone to feel better. You can have digital conversation and, and that works too. So we live in different times, you know, and, uh, and I feel like healing is just like, it's a 360 degree thing. Like it can happen in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's very clear that you are, you know, an advocate for 
all sorts of people, especially women. And you've been so open and vocal and honest about the tragedy that you just suffered with the loss of, you know, your child with the mm-hmm. miscarriage. And, you know, I think that it's such a beautiful thing that people are talking about this more often, because I think even five years ago, nobody was talking about no, this. No, no one wanted to admit like that. A failure. Like they would yeah. call it a failure. And it's not, it's not a failure whatsoever. I mean, it's our bodies, it's a physicality. It's just, you know, it happens. And I think that, you know, in sharing your story, you help so many people. And, you know, what I have noticed while watching you go through this is that this is a time where I'm, it's probably so hard to be selfless, but you have been incredibly selfless in sharing your journey. So how do you find the strength to think of others in times like this, when, you know, you very well could just want to think about yourself? I just came from being with my parents. So I'm talking about them a lot. Cause I just, you know, spent yeah. a few days with them. And uh, I was having this conversation with my mom about being in the moment. Cause it's something that she like struggles doing. I'm very much a person that's in the moment. Like I'm like just taking in your beauty and your eyebrows and you're asking me like a deep question. And I'm like, she's really gorgeous. Um, I like, (laughs) I like being in the moment. And I think that is where like, I have the biggest opportunity to to help people. So if it's in the moment sharing on Instagram, like an important feeling or something, you know, related to like Israel or what's happening or something I just saw, like, I want to do that right away. Um, hopefully it can, it's okay for me to tell the story about when you miscarry, it can be a chemical miscarriage or it can be a missed miscarriage, which is such a weird like terminology for it. What does that mean? A missed miscarriage is when you have to remove stuff, all the, the fetus, the placenta, all that stuff. And it's something that women don't talk about at all. Like because- Is that a DNC? Yes. Okay. Because it's gross. It's also called an abortion. And I had this, uh, I don't know if it was like two or three weeks ago at the time of like, a blur for me. And when I went to go get it, I was the only person there that had a missed miscarriage. Everyone was there to get an abortion. And that was really hard for me because here I was wanting a baby and everyone there wants to get rid of their baby. Yeah. Which is fine. Like I believe in that. That's your body, your choice, but it was hard for me. And most of the women there were very young, right? And I'm like this older woman, not older, but sure. Um, but in my forties. And so it was a little like, it was uncomfortable at first. So the story I want to share, because I felt like, you know, here I am a little like angry about this, you know, situation coming out of like, you get the DNC and then they like push you into this area where you come off the anesthesia. By the way, a DNC is like really easy. Like I didn't even know, like they basically vacuum out your vagina, which like you think is going to hurt, but you don't even know that anything happened. And uh, they push you into this area, kind of separate few of the girls. Cause it's like a, it's like kind of like a factory there. It's like DNC's in and out, in and out. Like it's crazy. Um, yeah, it's so glamorous. It's so glamorous. <laughs> girls try not to have a miscarriage is all I'm saying. Um, cause it's tough. So they kind of like roll you out of it, let you come out of the anesthesia so you can then get dressed and go home. And, uh, they put me in this girl kind of in this area and there was a curtain behind us And I was coming out of the anesthesia and I heard her crying. And uh, like my instinct was motherly. Right. Sorry, guys. I told you I'm a crier. (laughs) And my instinct was motherly. And I like grabbed the curtain and I held her hand 
and she was 18 and she goes, she goes, I just want my mom right now. And I go, I know you're going to be with your mom soon. I was like, she was alone no? Yeah, she was alone and she was just bawling. And I had been so angry going in there thinking all these girls are getting abortions and I just want a baby. But I didn't realize how much pain she was actually going through the same pain that I was because she felt guilt, you know? And so we held hands and I just like, I just hyped her up. Like, I was like, you did the right thing. She was like, I just want to live my life and like have a future. And I was like, you did the right thing. I support you. And that was like my ability to like give power to like another woman and to like use everything I have inside of me to like to help someone through like a struggle, but also to like heal myself, you know? And I will never forget this moment that I had with like another amazing woman. I don't know her name. We didn't talk after that. We went our separate ways, but like it was, um, it was a moment for me. And I, I came home from it because you're supposed to rest after DNC. And I just kind of like cried to myself because, you know, I realized even if our stories are so different as women, we have like, the same emotions, you know? And that's why it's so important to like, um, never assume that someone is like not going through something. Wow. What an incredible moment in a really sad time, but you were able to mother this young woman. Exactly. And it must've just also showed you like- That I can be a mom. Exactly. And I had those motherly hormones in me from, you know, being pregnant And I felt so good to be like, okay, even though I'm letting go of this child that I was so much looking forward to, I can give like this love to this girl who like doesn't have her mom right now and just needs another woman to tell her you're going to be okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, (laughs) wow. What a story. Well, Bianca, I I really like, I'm wishing you all the best in this area of your life. And I know that the universe will do its thing for sure. hundred percent. But let's talk about love. Yeah. Let's talk about love. Because you know, you waited, you waited to find your Prince Charming and you got married in your forties, which I think is like incredible. And Mm -hmm. I think that more people should do it, honestly. (laughs) I mean, I think it's good to get married later, whatever later means for you. Yeah. Uh, Because as you know, there's so much to figure out about life and career in your twenties and thirties. And you have to do that solo. You have to like, that's your own journey to have. Yeah. And that's some, you know, that's something that no one can ever like fill in the gaps for you. So, um, sorry, I'm still like teary (laughs) from that. So I definitely like was dating like crazy, um, in my twenties and thirties and even into my like, you know, early forties before Joe and I decided to commit I feel like I got to like see all my options. Right. You know, any big takeaways there? Yeah. If you're one of those girls like who grew up thinking like Mary Rich, because like that's how like I was raised, like the, <laughs> the richer the better. But mom, um, I am a rich man. Did yeah. you t- ever tell your mom that? Um, yeah, I know. I've seen that like <laughs> that that TikTok trend. I feel like I have to do it. Yeah. And just like buy myself a lot of like Prada and say like, I'm my own rich <laughs> I'm inspired by people doing better than me. Like we just talked about that. And I always thought, oh, like I want to marry someone who's super successful and can like teach me a lot of things so I can be super successful. But it's actually not like the most fulfilling thing to date like older and richer. And I, I learned that like to the point that like early forties, I was like, I'm done. I've had my fill of like these men. Like, I just want to date someone that like wants to like 
know and understand me and like feel me and who always has my back. And money just doesn't translate that way, in my opinion. I think it's better to get rich together. That's what I always say. Build it together. Build it together. There's nothing more sexy than building it together. You just can't compete to the way that it it feels because everything in my relationship in my life, it, it has been 50-50, mm-hmm. right? When you go into a situation and the man or woman might have more money than you, you're just living in their home. You're just being, you're a new piece in their puzzle. But when you have the whole puzzle together, there's something different about that. Yeah, there's something so... Um... Fulfilling. Just comforting and yep. fulfilling. And, you know, and sometimes like my husband and I are like fighting over who pays the bill at dinner because I'm like, no, you got it last time. Let me pay. And like, and it's cute. And I love that. And I love that we both want to like care and support each other um, endlessly. And so to me, like that was, that was the big realization and epiphany. And that didn't happen to, till my forties. Um, but I do still say like, if you're a woman, like try to like, like going into any kind of relationship, like have your own thing still, like have a separation. Like if you can buy that apartment or house solo and put that in your name or like just have things in your name so that like when you do like get married, like you and things maybe don't go the way you thought, like you can still come out of it like with like two feet on the ground, like standing tall. I think that, and that's something my mother taught me. That's important. So my mom always told me, never tell them what you make. Never (laughs) tell them what's in your bank account. Make them believe that they want, they need you. No, you need them. Sorry. Make them believe that you need them. That's yeah. That's what she always said. She's like, listen, it never benefited me to tell my exes what I had yeah. in the bank. I mean, it's important, you know, uh, women have been conditioned to like rely on men. So like, if you can rely on yourself and like, you know, have your own things like that secret stash or whatever. Um, I once had a friend who like, was like, I love your, I love your boots that you're wearing. And I was like, oh my gosh, like they're on sale or like, here's the link. And I sent it to her and she's like, I have to ask my husband. And I was like, wow, like that sucks. Like I never want to have to ask my husband for anything. So I think, you know, love is really about like, it's about a partnership, which is such a cliche. You've heard it before, but it really is. Um, And even like women that, you know, you might think like are in like the best relationships because they married this super wealthy man and they get whatever they want. Like if they're asking for permission to do things and have things, that's still not like, it's not a healthy relationship. Yeah, no. And now that you are in this beautiful partnership, how has your life changed and evolved, especially when it deals with your career? Uh, my husband is so supportive of my career and I love that about him. Um, he, is, he always says, I'm your biggest fan. And that makes me so, so happy. We also have like, kind of like with you and your husband, a lot of overlays and what we do, like we're, we both, you know, have uh, similarities online. Like he's a software engineer and does a lot of web development. So it kind of like crosses over with the things that I do in terms of production. So that helps. I think having, you know, similar interests is, is so important, but like, he's so shy. He's like the opposite of me. He's a total introvert. And I think that's important too, you know, like being able to like fill in like things that like, you know, he's good at, like I suck out or whatever. And like, just having, you know, complimenting each other that way is like really important. You know, we were together 10 years on and off. Ah, so, okay. I didn't realize that. Even though I waited till I was 44, I got married just a couple months ago. We had 10 years of getting to know each other, which I feel is crucial. 
And I think it's important to like really get to know your partner because marriage is hard. Like my husband and I just went through like a little bit of a rough patch and we're getting through it and everything's great. But like, you know, like I was like, oh my God, this is like our first like kind of fight, big thing. And and you're going to have tons of those throughout marriage. So it's really good to like get a lot, like work out a lot of those things before you get married, I think. Well, you also need to like learn how to fight too, right? Yeah, learn how to fight before you get married because like once you're married, like, you know. Like, you're, you're not stuck, but you're a little stuck. You're with that person <laughs> yeah. that you have to be able to like navigate fights yeah. and navigate disagreements and like, you know, be able to like come to conclusions faster. And, yeah. um, and he's, what I love about him is like, I'm super, like I'm Latina. And so I'm like very feisty and he is Same. very, yeah, he's, he's nurturing and he'll be like, he needs time. Like I would assume he's probably like my husband. Like I as well, am a Latina, like I need to get it out immediately yeah. and then I need to move on. And like that fire really is like just that too. It's like, I'm actually not even that upset. Yeah. I just need to like, yell and then I'm over. It's like controlled rage. A controlled rage. Exactly. But my husband actually needs to be careful with what I say to him because he listens. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. listens and, and he needs time. Yeah. Yeah. He, he needs takes time. it to heart. So like, yeah, if you're like in a rage and you say something, maybe you don't fully mean, but it just comes out of, out of anger. And then they're like, Oh my God, like, right. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like going to throw him off for like, you know, the next year and a half. And he needs, he needs like actual time and hours to yeah. think and ruminate on things and then come back to me with like a fully thought out plan, which I've now realized also like is the much more mature way to deal with any type of a situation. I'm right. so grateful yes. that I have it him. It sounds like you guys are very like complimentary. Yes. Well, we're so. couldn't be more different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's important different. because, you know, like when you're too much the same, it's like, it's a little boring and you feel like you need like something, some added excitement. So when you're complimenting each other, like there's a little bit of like a push and pull. And I think that's like really necessary in a relationship. A lot of the people that like came to our wedding were, were other people that had been together a long time too, like that had, you know, gotten married after an extended period of time seeing each other. So there's a lot of beauty, like, in like our, you know, just the people who, who we surround ourselves with, like are similar in that nature. So I'm all about like, you know, whatever, like if you fall in love, like, and you've only known someone like a month and you want to get married, go for it. But I'm a big proponent of just like taking your time because divorce is hard. And we've all like known and seen someone like go through divorce. And uh, if you can give yourself the time and like the beauty to get to know someone just as you would a best friend, like that's what your partner is. Like your partner is your, your future best friend, you know? Well, I'm so happy that you now have the full picture, the full package, and you've got the man, you've got the career. What are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to finding that side of me that is more humanitarian, that can like help people, whether it's educating people about what's happening in these other countries or whether it's bringing good to the people that have, you know, are surviving and getting through trauma. And not that this is ever like, it was not ever something I've been like trained to do or like thought I'd ever get into, but it's inspiring to me. And I am at a point in my life where like I've taken, you know, a lot from people. I've taken advice. I've taken, I've gotten so much coaching for being a host. Like, you know, I've, I've had so many like people support and like help me throughout my career. And I just want to give back. Yeah. Yeah. And you bring a new face to this, right? You bring like a modern woman's take on humanitarian. 
is I, ho- I hope so. And that's, yeah, <laughs> the word. and you know, a lot of like, I can't wait to like, you know, maybe like before you like post this podcast, you can share who like I went on this trip with, but like, there's literally like celebrities like going on my, like, I'm like, really? Like I get to be like in a room with these people. And that's so exciting to me and the power of influence, you know? Well, so. how do you have influence? I know, I know. I'm you have saying, influence. But just saying, like, you know what? Like, That's why you're in that room. Right, I get it. But it's so, it's so cool, like, to think that, like, you can be, you know. Um, Whatever you want to be. Yes, but, like, it's surrounded by people that, like, you know, that really inspire you. Like, think about it. Like, if we went back 15 years to the girls that we were, like, we never would think that we would they sitting here no. at your podcast, you know, <laughs> no, or that never. you would have like the job that you have or that I would be like hosting, like no. you know, on a huge, you know, um, shopping show. Like we never would have like thought those things. And then when you kind of just like light up and think, wow, like this is happening. It's such a, an opportunity to be like in the moment. That's why I'm like, I'm excited. Like I'm, I told my mom, you know, I was like, mom, you got to work on this, like being in the moment thing and appreciating and having gratitude for the things that are like happening now. Cause it opens up like your future to all the things that you're like capable of, you know, of doing and sharing, you know, with the world. And think about what she said in the beginning, like you love to be in rooms of people that inspire you and look, this is like happening times. Yeah times a hundred. So before I let you go, I do want to know in this season of your life, what does success mean for you? Success for me means being remembered. Like when people think about you or like, you know, you come up in conversation and they're like, oh my God. Yeah. Like I know that girl, like she left an impression on me or she inspired me to do this or that, you know, um, a lot of people tell me that I inspired them to take like a hosting class or to become a host or like, you know, do something that further their career. And for me, like that's everything is leaving your mark and being memorable. I love that. And you're doing exactly that. And I've been following along for all of these years. Where can everybody that's watching the show follow you if they're not already doing it? You can follow me on Instagram at Bianca Jade, on TikTok at Bianca Jade underscore official. And uh, I didn't know you were a TikTok yeah, girl. I can't yeah. wait to look. <laughs> I can't get I it. I can't get into it. Okay, good. I, I know it's hard. It's yeah, hard. Yeah, I'm not into it. And also uh, my website, misfit.com. Amazing. Well, thank you for all that you do. I know that you are inspiring so many people and it's been such a pleasure to, to get so to see lovely. you and so spend time. I'm so proud of you. And I'm just really looking forward to watching you down this new path. And I think, and I hope that you get everything out of it that you're looking for. And I'm going to continue to put you in my manifestations that you get all of the things that you are looking for in life because nobody deserves it more than than you. And thank you so much for, (laughs) I mean it, I mean it. I really do. And thank you so much for taking the time today. Of course, this was so much fun. Yes, I'll see you soon. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to World Your Oyster. If you love what you're listening to, we would love if you could share this episode with a friend. And if you're not yet subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening, please do so. And if you happen to have a little bit of time, we would love if you could leave us a five-star rating. We're also doing our thing on social media. So give us a follow at World Your Oyster Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. And because we are omni-channel girlies, don't forget to stop on our website and subscribe to our newsletter, www.worldyouroyster.com. You could also read my blog there, 
check out the back catalog of Paula's picks, or you can drop by and listen to a few episodes while you're there. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me. And I can't wait to see you next week. Bye-bye.